Well, today is a, a feast, a memorial of St. John Neumann. And it's, it's also First Friday, so we'll have our First Friday devotions after Mass. All are welcome to stay. St. John Neumann, he was born in 1811 in modern-day Czech Republic. He graduated from college and seminary there, but he wasn't ordained there. He came to the United States. And the story goes that his ordination was set, but his bishop got sick that day, so he couldn't ordain him. And then when he came time to reschedule the ordination, the powers that be decided, well, we actually have a surplus of priests already. We don't need any more. So they never rescheduled his ordination. So he had gone to seminary for, for seven years and, and was just left without an ordination. So he thought, well, in the new world, in America, there is a need for priests, so I'll go there. So he, just, he had a piece of paper that said that he had completed his studies and he embarked on a boat and, and landed in New York and looked for a bishop to, to ordain him. And he found the Redemptorist Order we have roots, we have connections here in Idaho, in North Idaho at least. There's a, a parish up there, St. Thomas in Coeur d'Alene, that was founded by the Redemptors. And they served that parish until, I think, just the beginning of the 2000s, so not too long ago. But anyways, he joined the Redemptors Order and faithfully served the poor in Buffalo. And that became his great passion, to serve the poor in Buffalo. But then in 1852, he was ordained a bishop, the Bishop of Philadelphia. Now, New York was the center of Catholicism at the time, but Philadelphia was, in a sense, the up-and-coming city and was, was striving to be the center of Catholicism at the time, the Rome of, of, United, of the United States, the Rome of the United States, if you will. And this was kind of the, the eagerness, the greed, the aspirations of many in Philadelphia, but St. John Neumann didn't really care for that. He wanted to serve the poor. And so when there were talks of splitting the diocese into two, the rural and Philadelphia, he wanted to go to the rural. And there's, we have a letter that he wrote to the Holy Father explaining his position. But then at the end of the letter saying, Holy Father, I submit my will to yours. Whatever you tell me to do, I will do. And of course, contained in that, I mean, it doesn't even not be said, but anything except sin, right? Should, should any Holy Father ever commend sin? The proper response is, no, thank you. But that wasn't what he was, that wasn't at stake here. He just said, I will do whatever you tell me. I'd like, to, I'd rather go to the countryside, but if you would prefer that I serve the people of Philadelphia, then I will do so. And so he did, and he invested himself fully he established over 50 churches in his period, and 50 parishes. That's an average of one a month. So one parish a month he established in Philadelphia. And he began the Catholic school system. Now, St. Elizabeth and Seton, that we commemorated yesterday, she founded the first school. But then St. John Neumann, he, he kind of made it more, more established as a system. And so the two of them get credit. I don't think they're fighting over who, who gets the credit for that. But, and, and of course, we have ties to that too, having a parochial school here. And he, he built over 100 schools in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia at the time. And then he was canonized 
1977, becoming the first male American saint to be canonized. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton was canonized two years prior, so she won that contest in 1975. She was the first female American saint, and he the first male American saint. Now, neither of these... Actually, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton was born in the United States, I'm pretty sure. She later moved to Italy and came back, but St. John Neumann was not born in the United States, but he served his entire priesthood, so he's, in a sense, a male American saint. Okay, well, here's all the external things of this great saint. And sometimes when we hear all of these accounts of all these extraordinary feats of saints, we want to emulate those feats. And fair enough, we want to do great things. We want to do good things for God and for the church. But it's a better question to ask, what drove all of that? What animated all of these works, all of these efforts, all of these accomplishments? Well, according to him, it was three things. It was the frequent reception of the sacraments, especially the Eucharist and confession. It was devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary and a personal relationship with Christ nourished through prayer and spiritual reading. I'll give you just three, three of his quotes here, and I'll close with the, with the third one that really give this insight into, into his heart. To holy people, the very name of Jesus is a name to feed upon, a name to transport. His name can raise the dead and transfigure the be- and transfigure and beautify the living. So the very name of Jesus, we just celebrated that a couple of days ago. The holy name of Jesus, that's one thing to feed upon. And that's the that's a beautiful prayer in itself. This may be the shortest prayer there is, Jesus. We can pray that constantly. My heart is pierced with sorrow when I hear of the loss of one of my sheep. Lord Jesus, have mercy. Permit not that any one of those whom you have entrusted to me should be lost. O my Jesus, I will pray, fast, suffer, and with the help of your grace, sacrifice life itself. And in a sense, he did that. He, he collapsed as in the middle of his labors, as he was laboring to do, to do just this. He perhaps was something of a, a, a workaholic, and, and, and it shows in all of his accomplishments. But this is what was feeding it. Oh, my Jesus, I will pray, fast, suffer, and with the help of your grace, sacrifice life itself. And lastly, how much do I love thee, O oh my Jesus? I wish to love thee with my whole heart, yet I do not love thee enough. I have but one. Di- see, quick note here. I do not see the great the saints. They know their sinfulness. You know the the Fulton Sheen, great Kobe Fulton Sheen. He said, "Hearing nuns' confessions is like being stoned with popcorn." It's like the more we advance in the spiritual life, the more we know our sinfulness. Now, we don't drown in that because we are confident in our sonship, our daughterhood. We're confident in God's love and God's mercy. But we know our sinfulness so we can give them to God, even the the details. I wish to love thee with my whole heart, yet I do not love thee enough. I have but one desire, that of being near thee in the blessed sacrament. Thou art the sweet bridegroom of my soul. My Jesus, my love, my all, 
gladly would I endure hunger, thirst, heat, and cold to remain always with thee in the blessed sacrament. So that's the great lesson from St. John Neumann. Sure, let's work, or, yes, St. John Neumann, let's, let's work hard, let's do work for the church, let's serve the mission according to our state in life. But more importantly, let us heed his words to develop frequent and frequent reception of the sacraments, especially Eucharist and confession, devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary, and a personal relationship with Christ through prayer and spiritual reading. St. John Neumann, pray for us.